of the door was shaken by the voice of him who cried out to him, lift it up for me, please. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Who unto me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. In verse 1 again, he says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. It is not coincidental that the vision of Isaiah was preceded by the death of Uzziah. Before 2019 and 2018, last year, December, I told you that the Lord said that 2019 would be the year of the power of the Lord. And we said and mentioned several things along that line, especially with regards to the efficacy, the potency of the name of Jesus. And I read you the scripture because that is the scripture that the Lord gave me when he told me about the events that will take place in 2019. That in the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord. He saw the glory of the Lord. It is not just that King Uzziah's uh, death was accidental. No, there's something much more that Uzziah represents. Uzziah doesn't only represent the older generation, but he represents a system of pride that God had to deal with in order to usher in a new glory in Israel. So Isaiah said the day, the year he died, he saw the Lord. The year in which he died. He might not have seen the Lord the day that he died. But in the year that Uzziah died, the glory of God was revealed to Isaiah. So the, the, the Lord had chosen specifically 2019 to deal with Uzziah in our lives. To deal with pride in our lives. Because his agenda... His intent is that his glory may be revealed. So what he does is that what he has done throughout the year is that he has used his power to deal with his Uzziah in our lives, to cause Uzziah to die. Uzziah is the king that thought himself to be a priest. Uzziah is the king that thought himself that he, he because of his right as a king, could enter into the place that was only reserved for the priest to offer sacrifices. He thought... His kingship exempted him. He did not know his place. Uzziah represented pride, haughtiness, proudfulness, boastfulness. Characters and personalities that are not aligned with the glory of God. So he said the year he died, he saw the glory of God. So Uzziah represents both the older generation. This year was a year of transition where 
the Lord was seeding himself into the new generation. The generation that will usher in the coming of Christ Jesus. I don't know if this means something to you. But what God has been doing throughout the year is setting precedents for what he's about to do from next year onwards. You see, there is one spirit that is essential for the coming of Jesus Christ. Except that spirit is released. Jesus cannot come back. Remember, he says, John says, I am not the Christ, but I am the voice of the one who cries in the wilderness. He did not say I'm a prophet. He said, I am the voice of the one who cries out in the wilderness, making straight the crooked paths, preparing the way of the Lord. And it was John who prepared the coming of the Lord. And Jesus said of John that he is Elijah. When Gabriel spoke to Zechariah, he said he he shall come in the power and spirit of Elijah. John only demonstrated the spirit, not the power. Because the, the, the power, the demonstration of the power of Elijah was reserved for a generation in the latter times in which the Lord will come back again. So in the coming of the Lord was preceded by the spirit of Elijah. The second coming of the Lord will be preceded by the power of Elijah. It is essential. But before Elijah can rise up, Uzziah must die. Pride must die. I want to show you something that articulates God's mind for us. Philippians. It is important that we acquaint ourselves with the times and seasons of God, the administration of His operations, because we don't want to find ourselves behind in God's calendar, in God's agenda. It's very paramount that we always know what God is doing, what He intends to do. And it is His desire to reveal it to us. Remember, He says, the Lord God does nothing except He reveals it. To his servants, the prophets. Hallelujah. Uh, Philippians, right? Chapter 2. mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it something to be attained to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a born servant coming in the likeness of man 
and being found in appearance as a man. As a he says, being found in appearance. He was in the form of God, but in appearance he was found as a man. He says, he humbled, he humbled, he humbled. The word is tapino, tapino. It means to, to debase yourself. He says, he humbled, he debased himself. Being found as a man, he humbled himself. Do you understand the communication? The communication is that it, it was humility for God to be a man. Do you understand? Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Jesus Christ becoming a man was humility. Was God demonstrating his humility in order to bring salvation to man. So the first time God demonstrated his humility was when he became a man. He is God. He, he told the prophet of old, I am not a man that I should lie. I am God. So when you're dealing with God, you're not dealing with a man. You're dealing with a spirit, a divine personality. But he said, he became a man. So when we see Jesus as a man, we are seeing the demonstration of humility. Why was that important? Why was that essential? It was essential because until Jesus became a man, there was a dimension in the Godhead that to themselves was locked up. They could not access. You understand? I'll make it clearer for you. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Better the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Notice, he says, to Every, every, every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess to the glory of God the Father. So, so when, 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 when creation submits itself under Jesus, he says, it is the glory of the Father. So there was a glory that the Father could not express, could not reveal, could not demonstrate until Jesus Christ became a man and died and rose again. That's why he says, he, 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 he that believes on me, he that thirsts and hungers believes on me, he says, out of his belly shall rivers of living water flow, of which he spoke of the Spirit, who shall come upon those who believe, because he was not yet glorified. So something was happening in, in, in the world becoming flesh. One, God was demonstrating humility. Because by... Oh, if Jesus had never come to the flesh, you know, I don't want to use the terminology, but for lack of a better term, the Godhead would never have been upgraded to the posture and stature that they now have. 
Jesus Christ agreed the Godhead in that he gave the Godhead a body. It pleased the Father that in him should dwell all fullness bodily. So the Father dwells inside Christ. That is an upgrade because had he not become flesh, there would have no body to indwell. So what, what Jesus did to the Godhead was he provided a way for an upgrade in their operation, in their function, and in their dominion over the region of the earth. Because except the Godhead had a body, they would not be legalized to function in the earth. So now because Jesus Christ came in the form of a man, the Godhead was now legalized to function in the earth. That is why God now can never be hindered by the law of spirits not allowed to enter the physical dimension without a body. They cannot be. Because they have a body, a physical body that functions both in the heavens and in the earth. So the notion that now God is not legalized on earth is erroneous because now Jesus has a body that enables the Godhead to function duality in the spirit and in the natural. So we can't say of God now that he does not have a body to function by in the earth. No, he is not confined and limited anymore by the laws of spirits that are unhindered to function on earth without bodies because Jesus gave the Godhead a body. So God's humility gave him something that he never had. God, Jesus Christ's obedience to God, to dying for mankind, gave God the access that he did not previously have. when you look at Jesus, his humanity, you are, you are beholding the humility of God. God humbling himself. Because it is not possible for God to be humble. He is God. He is not, it is not possible. But the Bible says he humbled himself. In his humility, the Father was humbled. The Spirit was humbled. He says, my father has given me power to lay down my life and take it up again. It is a power. He says, it is an ability. Nobody takes my life from me. If I ever die, it would be I chose to. Do you you understand that? So, when he died, it is because he chose to succumb himself to death. He was obedient. He did not die because there was any power. Even Peter said, it was not possible that death should keep the prince of life. So that he died, demonstrated a humility. 
that he would give himself over to death. Something was happening there. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. Highly exalted. The word there highly means he, he, has, he has put him in the extremities of power. There is no power that is higher than that that is given to Jesus. Even God himself submits himself to that name. Because there is no power in all creation. It is to the glory of the Father. Why? Because he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. So the experience of power can only be attained to once a person has reached the lowest. He humbled himself. So when God said that to me, I didn't realize, understand it. Because the angel said to me, the last thing the angel said to me, he said, man with power are humble. So humble yourself. I I don't understand what God had intended. I thought, this is me because I heard him say that. That because it will be the year of power, power will be demonstrated. Power will be manifested. The power of the Lord will be realized. But I was wrong. My power is made perfect in your weakness. So what the Spirit of God was saying in effect was it was the year of humility. The year where His Spirit will drive us to points of weakness where our infirmities are exposed. Where our weakness is revealed. Where our limitations are made bare. Where our faith is not only tried, but our faith is, 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 is brought into the town of fire. If you were sensitive to the spirit, you would realize 2019 was a, was a, was a, a terrible year for the body of Christ. The faith of the, the body was shaken. Why? It was the year of humility. God was trying to show the church, without me, don't even think you are anything. This year, God showed the church that they have no power without humility. God exposed. He exposed us to the world. He exposed us. He showed our nakedness to the world. Why? Because we could not humble ourselves. He had to humiliate us. Look at how much the church was humiliated by the media this year. 
It is much more than the people that were responsible. No, something was happening. God was at the orchestration of all these events. He was laying bare the weakness of the church. So when we saw on television, worldwide, broadcasted, men of God, faking miracles, men of God, bringing miracles, you know, staging miracles, God was showing the church, the world, that my body is weak without me. Uzziah must die because Uzziah thinks he's king he can do anything he has access to everything Uzziah must die why? because there are Uzziahs that God wants to open eyes says I saw except Uzziah dies because it is Uzziah that is blinding the eyes of Isaiah's Isaiah is too fixated on Uzziah what Isaiah is doing his grandeur his glory his power and Isaiah is amazed blinded by the strength of Uzziah but Uzziah must die If you have not experienced the death of Uzziah throughout 2019, you probably won't in God's calendar. But if you were a Christian, it was set in the spirit. See, when God speaks to me, if he speaks to me about uh, a year, right? He never speaks to me in terms of uh, the local intentions of the spirit no he always speaks to me with regards to his church globally always always because what good would it do you for God to tell your church it is this year where it is something different than what God is doing throughout the entire church. So it is better to be included or inclusive in God's plan. The greater blesses the lesser. So if you have a global overview of what the Spirit of God is doing, the, 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 the lesser, that is the local overview, God will take care of it. It will take care of itself. Show you something. Numbers. Raki gidi ziki bahai. Raki gidi ziki bahai. Raki tiki ziki tiki bahai. Tradidi ziki tiki tiki ziki bahai. Ratizi kitizani tratizai. Number 12. 
hardships, the trials, the afflictions that you experienced this year was all part of the grand plan of God. The church of Jesus Christ was given a cup to drink from. Jesus said, if, if, if it is not possible that this cup should pass away unless I drink it, thy will be done. If it is not possible that this cup should pass away unless I drink it, there are certain things, brothers and sisters, they will not, they will not come to pass except we drink the cup. He asked John, the brothers, he said to them, are you able to drink from the cup from which I shall drink from? And they said, yes, he said, surely you shall drink from But what you are requesting is not for me to give. And God gave us a cup. And we drank it. We drank it. It was not the cup of his red. It was the cup of his will. Hallelujah. Just for the joy that was set before him. He enjoyed the cross. <laughs> ah, glory to God. Verse number 3, chapter 12. Now the man Moses was 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 more than all men who are on the face of the earth. Now, we must ask ourselves, is this an exaggeration? Or is this true? <laughs> Can I show you something else? Can I show you something else? Deuteronomy. It will, it will answer this. It will answer this. Deuteronomy, the last verse, the last chapter. It's chapter 34, right? We there? Okay. Verse 9. Now Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. But since then, since then, there has not arisen in Israel a prophet like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face in all signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land before Pharaoh, before all his servants, and in all his land. And by all that mighty power and all the great terror which Moses performed in the sight of Israel, he says, no other man ever rose to the stature of Moses' dominion in the lands of Egypt, in the lands that he terrorized in the time that he was. There's no man. Isn't it, isn't it interesting that the very man who demonstrated power to such great extents 
such that the Bible says no man ever, no prophet ever rose like this one, was also said to be the most humble man on earth. Can it be a coincidence that the one who, who exuded mighty signs and wonders more than any other prophet in his generation and after his, the only person that ever amounted to Moses in stature was Jesus. Because the Bible says, God said to the children of Israel, I will raise a prophet amongst your brethren like this one. So the only one in stature, the only prophet in stature that amounted to Moses is Jesus. Because the Bible says he did so mighty works, so many mighty works that it were recorded. No library in the world will contain the books. So only Jesus attained the stature of Moses. No other man. Look at the two. The Bible says he was the most humble man. Jesus was the most humble man. They demonstrated power like no other in all their generations and generations to follow. If you ask anybody today in the body of Christ and ask what was the secret to Moses' uh, ministry, they'll tell you Moses prayed very much. You ask certain circle, what was the secret to Moses? Moses, Moses saw God face to face. But there is, a, there, is, there is a detail that explains the reason why he was such a terror. Why he was so distinct. He says, now the man Moses was very humble. More than all the men in the earth. So what is power? What is power? Jesus said, you have heard that the Gentiles would lord it over you, but it shall not be so among you. For he that desires to be great must be the least and servant of all. So how does Jesus measure greatness? He says, servitude is the definition of greatness. What Jesus What is power? The secret to all the power of God does not lie in our ability to pray, even though that is important, because you can pray with power. Jesus said there were two men, remember them, who went to the temple to pray. He says one was a Pharisee and one, he said, when he went there, he couldn't even turn his eyes to heaven. He tore his robe and said, have mercy on me. And he says, the other came and said, Father, I thank you, I'm not like this one. I pay my tithes, I attend my church. And Jesus said, who do you think would be justified before God? And Jesus said, very I tell you, the one who could not look to heaven, he left that place justified. He left that place righteous. Jacob, 
Jacob worked for Laban for seven years, right? He worked for Laban. Some say he worked 14 years. He didn't work 14 years. Read your Bible. He worked for Laban seven years in expectation of Rachel, right? And then he was cheated. Then his father said, Laban, his uncle said, if you work another seven years, I'll give you Rachel. So he gave him Rachel and he worked seven years. And the Bible says, Rachel was fair and beautiful, right? And she had a figure. Only woman in the Bible that God said had a figure. <laughs> Read your Bible. Says she had a figure. She was shaped. And then the Bible says, Leah had tired eyes. And Jacob loved, Jacob loved Rachel. And the Bible says, and the Lord saw, and the Lord saw that Jacob loved Rachel. And what did the Lord do? He closed Rachel's womb and he opened Leah's. What is that? It is humility. You would think that the one who is loved would be the fruitful one. No, the Bible said the Lord closed. He intentionally closed the womb of Rachel. Rachel was barren. So every time, every time, Leah had a child. It, it, was, it was a sword in the heart of Rachel. Why? Humility. Humility. Same thing with Anna. Her womb was closed. And the other wife would throw jabs at her, throw jabs, until she was so wearied of heart. All powerful prayers are from a lowly standpoint. There is no prayer that will release power if it does not come lowly. So when God gives you the promise of power, it is so that you can expect the experience of humility. How many prayers we prayed this year and not one of them was answered? <laughs> How many things did you try this year? And not one of them worked. <laughs> How many job applications you applied this year? How many posts you were promised this year? The promise of power must first be preceded by the experience of humility. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that in due time, he will exalt you. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The ancient ways of God have never changed. His pattern has been the same from old. 
He says, until the time came for the word of the Lord to be tried. He says, there was a time when it was time for the, that word to be fulfilled. He said, it was the time for it to be tried. Times of fulfillment are times of trial. Jesus was, the Bible says, the, the voice, the voice from heaven spoke. You are my son in whom I am well pleased. But the very next instant he is in the wilderness. Tried on the basis of who he was. If you are the son of God. If you are the son of God. What was that? It's so sad that we live in a generation of the body of Christ that does not understand at all how God works, how God operates, is because we have confined ministry to being about, you know, uh, giving people a hook, giving people a high. Getting them, gathering into church so that they can feel good about themselves. God is not interested in making you feel good about yourself. His interests far exceed that. He's interested in perfecting himself, his will, his plan through you, establishing the extension of his kingdom to you. That's what he's interested in. Whether that makes you feel comfortable or uncomfortable is none of his business. I used to think God cares about how I feel. I used to think that. I used to think He cares until I read where He told Ezekiel to make fuel out of cow dung. At first, He told him to make fuel out of His own feces. And Ezekiel says, No, I've never done that. God says, No, you can use cow dung. Until I heard Him tell Isaiah. Go to the streets naked and prophesy. Tell me, is there a God who cares about how you feel? I used to think he cares. Until he told Paul. Told Ananias, he says, For I shall tell him what he will go through. The things he will suffer for my name. You will suffer no harm, but you are beaten. The angel appears to him, to him after 14 days of being out at sea, without food, without water. Tell me, is there a God who cares about how you feel? He cares more, he cares more for your obedience than how you feel. Did not Saul feel remorseful after he went against the word of the Lord? Yet God did not change his mind. Esau, the Bible says he sought for his birthright again with tears, but he was not heard. The reason why we cannot walk the paths, the highways of God, is because of the kind of Christianity we have subscribed to. It is the white robe Christianity. 
Something is coming. 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 And what we have taught you this year, when I look back, was preparation. Something is coming. Says the fear of the Lord is to depart from evil and iniquity. That's 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 when we know that power is back in the church. When the fear of the Lord is exalted. Are you listening to me? The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. It is, brothers and sisters, the last one of the the truest markings of a true Christian. When he begins to walk and live life in the fear of the Lord. You have heard many say, and the fear of the Lord doesn't mean to be afraid of God. It means that. That's what the word fear of the Lord means. It means to be, to be, to, it is the terror of the Lord. That's what the word means. It is the terror of the Lord. It's not just all reverence. No, it's to be afraid of God. Why? He's a consuming fire. Who wouldn't be afraid of God? Humility brings that. Loneliness. To be debased. The word that, that they use for Moses is the, is the Hebrew word afflicted. He was the most afflicted man. Jesus. The word that the Bible uses for Jesus. You know what's the word? Depressed. <laughs> Tapino. Depressed. He was the most depressed man. Let me ask you this. Was it a job for 33 years? Do you think it was a joy for God to be confined in a body? This, this, is, this is one who, the omniscient one, the omnipresent one, the omnipotent one. For 33 years, he was, he was to be confined to the limitations of a body. Do you think that it was something joyful for him? So I told him, it's expedient that I go. I must go. <laughs> it is the offenses you are sorrowing now. I'm going. Why? The limitations that that body provided could not allow him to exercise the dominion of his Godhead, of his God nature. That's why he even needed the Holy Spirit to assist him. His body, he felt tired. 
Yet the Bible says the Lord never slumbers. For the first time, he's in a body and he starts and he's wondering, uh -uh, I'm God. <laughs> he's sleeping. He's falling tired. All of a sudden, he, he, he never needed to eat in all his existence. The Bible calls him the ancient of days. Now all of a sudden, he's weary and hungry. After fasting 40 days, he's hungry. The confinement of a body. There was no sorrow in that. That's why it depressed him. Jesus, the most depressed human being on earth. Yet he's the most powerful. Moses, the most afflicted. The extent to which God's power will flow through your life is determined by the measure of how lowly you are and how humble you are. Ephesians 4, let me show you something. cannot fulfill your calling. And that's what I want to start talking about now in December. You cannot fulfill your calling without humility. It is impossible. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, verse 1, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. With all lowliness, humbleness of mind a depraved sense of self and gentleness with long suffering bearing with one another in love but he says walk worthy of your calling with all loneliness loneliness so loneliness is essential to the achievement of the objective of God for our lives We must be lowly. Lowly. Brothers and sisters, this is the path of the spirit. And you see, this year it was it was it was exponentially manifested that that's how God will work with his church. So he humiliated us, he humbled us, he broke us. The church, I mean, you, you, you've seen it throughout the year. The church was humiliated at all fronts. At all fronts. The church of Jesus Christ has been humiliated. Why? He wants to bring us to because he is planning something. He is planning something. He is planning something. I want to read you something and then we can pray. Oh, Luke chapter 18. 
during these last few weeks in 2019 for yourself I want you to start praying continue praying let me read you this and then let me explain something verse 1 then he spoke a parables to them that man must must always pray and not lose heart must did you hear that he didn't say optional he said must must always pray it is in the anatomy of man to pray chris it is in the dna of man to pray prayer is much more important than the needs for which we go to god for the purpose of prayer exceeds the needs in prayer the scope that that of the dimensions of prayer far outweigh the needs by which or for which we go to god for in prayer we have utilized prayer for the wrong reasons Many of us have utilized prayer all our lives to ask God for something. Yet it was not God's intention from the beginning that men should pray for needs to be answered. But the scope of prayer is far more grand than that. Men must always pray and not lose heart. The reason for prayer, brothers and sisters, is something deep that we must find, discover. Man must always pray. This is how heaven identifies you as a man. Prayer is the technology that God uses to see if you are a man or not. If you are a man, you will pray. So it's the divine adjudication. That this is a man. So true. That's why even Paul says, I would that every man pray everywhere with hands lifted up. Because men must pray. Society has defined man by his ability to provide for a family and raise a family and make sure that's not how God describes man. He says if you are a man, a real man, a mature man, you must pray. So mature women, mature men are those who pray. Men must always pray. Men must always pray. Men must always pray. Must always pray. And not lose heart. Whether or not your needs are met. Whether or not your days are good. 
is not dictated by what you are going through. Prayer is not dictated by how you feel. Prayer is not dictated by whether or not when you pray, God will meet your needs. The two boys said, we know he is able, even if he does not. Because they knew there was a possibility that he would let them die. There were others also that God let them die. Why are they martyrs? Jesus said, he said, he said, endure until what? Until death. So he says, men must always pray. Men must always pray. We pray to align ourselves with the destiny, the agenda, the architectural design of God for our lives. We pray to align ourselves with the seasons of God for our lives. Except we pray, we are misaligned in terms of purpose. Every man that does not have a prayer life, brothers and sisters, cannot be in the seasons of God. It is impossible for a man without a prayer life to be in the seasons of God. Your seasons in God begins on your knees. Jesus always prayed. The disciples didn't ask Jesus, brother, teach us how to perform miracles. They said, teach us how to pray. Because they must have seen him pray more than he performed miracles. They didn't tell him, teach us how to walk on water. Teach us how to heal the blind. No, teach us how to pray. So you are bottled down your prayer life to a need. So if everything is going good, you don't need God. How can a man like that be in the will of God? Prayer is how heaven identifies Creatures don't pray. No men pray. So for the, this last few months, few few weeks, determined to be a being of prayer. Are you listening to me? Listen, God is preparing something. God is planning something for 2020. But it will require us to be beings of prayer to align ourselves, our spirits, to attune ourselves to the heartbeat of the spirit, to the impetus of the spirit. I listen to you. So we're gonna have to pray. We're gonna have to pray. We're going to have to pray the Spirit in these last few weeks more than ever before. I just, please, all right? Do what I tell you. Do what I tell you. We must, this, especially this, we must position ourselves. Position yourself. For the intention of the spirit. I'll tell you in the coming weeks what the spirit has been showing. But what is important, and even if I will tell you, it will not register until you have been in the prayer closet 
for a concentrated period of time. That when, when the spirit speaks, you will know, okay, okay, okay. Something is happening in the spirit. Something is happening. Jesus said, I will no longer keep He says, you will see me in the synagogues. You will see me in the streets. You will see me in the churches. I will be speaking everywhere you go. You will see me speaking. How? He says, you will see me speaking by the actions, by the events that will be taking place in all these areas. This year, Jesus wasn't saying much, was he? He was just letting them do whatever they want to do. Nations doing whatever they want to do. Now you will see Jesus speak. Let me show you. Let me show you. Isaiah 47. Isaiah 47. Isaiah 47. Makita Sanda Baraya. Psalm 47, sorry. You see? Verse 2. Thank you, Lord. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He's a great king over all the earth. He will subdue the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. He will choose our inheritance for us, the excellence of Jacob, whom he loves. Verse 5. That's what I wanted to read you. God has ascended up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Notice he says he has ascended up. He has made his ascension. His present felt with a shout. The Lord with the shout of a trumpet. Jesus Christ. He's taking over. He's taking over the nations. He's taking over his church. You will see what Jesus will begin to do to the churches. You will see what he will begin to do in the churches. He says that the churches may know, may know, may know that I give everyone according to his words. And I who search the minds and the hearts, the churches in 2020 will know who Jesus is. Because <laughs> I saw him with a large whip. And he says, I will enter and I will turn upside down the tables of merchandise. You will see January, February, you will see what Jesus will do. He will cause havoc. His whip is out. You must understand the most dangerous thing the most dangerous crime on earth today is traffic. It's human trafficking. 
is drug trafficking. That's the most that's the most ruthless corrupting that has ever happened to human civilization. And it is because of the greatest sin that was ever committed that brought iniquity and sin into creation. Satan, the Bible says, he traded, he trafficked, he's anointing. And one of the first things you will see in 2020, you will see Jesus not only exposing, but weeping traffickers of anointing. He says, I've been silent. Now I will speak. Now they shall know. The church will gain his respect back from the world. Christianity will be the most respected institution on earth. You will see in 2020. Why? Because he has taken over the reins. Paul said to the, to the elders, he says, watch over the, the, the sheep of God. Whom the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, for he has purchased them with his own blood. He's taking over his own sheep. You will see. We are moving into an era, brothers and sisters, where the shepherd himself will begin to lead the sheep. We are moving into eras in the body of Christ where Sunday services, Jesus will walk as a man and begin teaching congregations. You will see it happening before your own eyes. Says they are the sheep of my own pasture. The great shepherd is taking over his position. You see, what 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 the exposition, what the what the what the demonstration of the supernatural comes serious judgment. You, you, you hear what I'm saying? What the exp what the manifestation of the supernatural comes judgment. Because you cannot see the supernatural. You see, the supernatural always behind it. There is the judgment hand of God. Look at when Paul wanted to preach the gospel to the governor. And Elimias the sorcerer came and tried to sway him. Paul turned around and says, you, you son of the wicked one. He says, the hand of God shall come upon you for a season. The Bible says, and we stayed him. The year of the shepherd. So I say to us, let's be beings of prayer. Let's pray in these last few weeks more than we've prayed the entire year. Let's commit to release our tongue, our hearts to the Lord. Because change is coming. Dramatic change has come. Jesus was waiting for the right moment. Now things, things, everything is in place. 
churches will know Jesus. Oh. When we were praying here, or we were praying here down there, when we got in, I heard the voice of the angel say, Let the people shout, for the Lord is in the midst. I will not, I'll tell you later what I saw. But the shout of the king is amongst us. This year not pass until Uzziah died. Without Uzziah dying, let this not let this year not pass. Get into the prayer chamber and stay there. Stay there. If you can't pray at home or find a place somewhere, a park or something, stay there. Pray there. This last few weeks. just like any other it's a new cycle twenty eighteen was the year of the Holy Spirit twenty nineteen was the year of the power in fact the year of humility twenty twenty is the year of exaltation and glory I will explain Every minute, extend your heart to God. Extend your heart to God. Every opportunity you get, extend your heart to God. Say, God, I'm here. Your grace.
the last Friday. Friday, Friday because the prophetic unction is strongest. Sunday is not as strong. Fridays. I'll tell you what the Spirit of God is saying to us. We must pray. Alright? Pray. Whenever you find time, five minutes, ten minutes, just just pray. Just lift your voice to the Lord and pray. Okay? Because something is taking place. Something is taking place. Jesus, look, the Lord is doing something. Alright? Yes. I'm seeing several things now, but I will share. I'll share when, this, when the time comes. But let's be in a moment of prayer. Every moment we get, just lift your hands, lift your heart, lift your voice to the Lord. While you're working, while you just extend yourself to the Lord. Right? Yes. I trust the Lord to exceed our expectations. I trust Him to do so. And be be attentive. And be sure to do the things. Here's one of the things. Yes. Be attentive. And be ready to Those are some of the things that will engage with God. So begin doing those things, those acts of obedience, fulfilling those obedience that the Lord has instructed you to do throughout the year. If you were wise, maybe you, you wrote it down. Go back to your notes, find it. The Lord said, I must do this. I understand we're humans, we forget. But go back to them and start doing them. As you pray, Ask the Spirit, remind me what you asked me to do. Remind me. Remind me. Remind me. Remind me. And as He reminds you, you are quick to act. Hallelujah. Yes. So what the Spirit more normal? He will always, you remind you of the major things He told you. Those that were a priority. So you do them. Hallelujah. Let's all stand and thank you. Father, thank you. Shabbat shalom.